0: get into it like a hundred percent like you're out of your body and into that
1: Mm. video welcome to pencil leadership my name is chris anderson success and lifestyle coach and this show is to help you begin building a life of fulfillment and to leave a positive mark on the world thank you so much for tuning in today now take out your pencils and let's begin joseph campbell said find a place inside where there's joy and the joy will burn out the pain. And Carlos Santana said, if you carry joy in your heart, you can heal any moment. Today we have Aaron Mack, who has been helping business owners and leaders for 16 years create an internal experience that is neutral and joyful, so that whatever is going on externally cannot shake their internal experience. If you're having fear, anxiety, worry, overwhelm today, especially in this time of the world, This episode is for you. And if you haven't yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button and share this episode so it can help somebody else as well. welcome to Pencil Leadership today.
0: Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Super honored that you're here with us today. Uh, To start, I would love if you would just kind of give a a synopsis of your journey and what's brought you to what you do today about just being kind of an ambassador, a mentor in the internal game of joy for people?
0: Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. So, um, well, it sort of started uh, a while ago. (laughs) Um, I won't tell you my age, uh, but you'll probably (laughs) hear it somewhere in here. Um, So, I I found myself in a predicament. I had an anxiety disorder, um, and it was so uh, all-encompassing that I Was nearly holed up in my room or my home for um, almost a year, and it came about through talk therapy. And um, and please, nobody, I'm not against talk therapy. I think it's great as long as um, there's a real agenda there, and it's not about some other things, in which I'll tell you in just a minute. Mm -hmm. So what I recognized was um, I found myself, my life just getting narrower and narrower as I was going through this talk therapy. And um, it just got to the point where it was hard for me to even get out of the house to do necessities. And I promised myself if I could figure my way out of this deal that I would learn why it happened and how it happened and come up with some strategies, not only for myself as I was going through it, but that I could share with others so that nobody else had to ever experience this debilitating anxiety. And, um, so I went through this talk therapy. It was, um, I ended up, what ended up happening was my counselor that I was doing the talk therapy with, uh, we were not able to do any more work because I had so much anxiety. We were just dealing with symptoms. And so she said, I need to refer you to a psychiatrist And I went to the psychiatrist. It was a homeopathic psychiatrist. Um, I have a degree in psychology. So as soon as she said psychiatrist, I was like, no way, I'm not going. (laughs) But then when she said it was homeopathic, I went, oh, okay, I might be open to that. Um, And so I went. I had a three-hour interview. She gave me a remedy. 20 minutes later, like 80% of my anxiety was gone. So that took care of the chemistry side of things, but it didn't take care of the me side of things that sort of created the whole deal, right? Yeah. So then I went into, then I thought, well, I'll just, I'll, you know, have a simpler life. I'll move from San Francisco to Hawaii. I'll live in a little grass shack and life will be beautiful. The issue is again, is that it's still me there, (laughs) you know, right? So all the things that led me to that anxiety disorder, besides the talk therapy, we're still prevalent, and it took me another ten years to finally go okay. Enough, right? And so, how that came about was so I had so I moved to Hawaii. I started this business, um, and it just took off, and it was crazy. I had no business starting a business. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was just so right. winging it from moment <laughs> one, and um, and it just was hyper successful immediately out of the gate. And I had to learn all these things on the fly, which fit in with that personality. There are certain traits about having anxiety Mm -hmm. that um, I've recognized now having worked with so many people that experience it. Um, And so some of those things can be super helpful when you're crazy busy and you have a lot of things going on. The issue is that the quality of life is not there. And so what ended up happening is I became completely beholden to my business, you know, my employees, um, my clients and all the things. And I was miserable. I was so stressed out. And, um, this one morning a client called and I picked the phone and she just was like literally screaming at me on the phone. Like, you know, your staff is amateurs. You don't know what you're doing. I was like, oh my gosh, I'll be there. And I would be hyper. Like I was so hyper sensitive to, uh, <clears throat> you know, my, excuse me, my integrity. So if anybody was challenging that, I was like, oh my God, I'm there in two seconds. So she called, she freaked out. I said, you know, I'll be there as soon as I can to fix the problem. And I called a friend. I said, can I drop my daughter off? I got to go deal with this thing. She's like, no problem. So I race over to my friend's house. I back into the driveway and I sideswipe my car on her husband's truck and I mean, there was no damage to his truck, but mine was like totaled the whole side. And I just, I couldn't even see straight. I was just like in this, oh my God, a frantic, right? So I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Gotta go. Dropped my kid off, left, came back a couple hours later and I said, how'd everything go? And she was like, you know, the kids are fine, but I got to talk to you about something. And I said, what's that? And she said, you know, when you sideswiped your car, uh, my husband was under his truck and he thought the truck was going to land on him. And I freaked. I thought, <clears throat> you know, I I cannot be defending my integrity to the extent that I almost kill somebody. Like, that is not okay, wow, obviously. Yeah. And um, it was the wake-up call that I needed to go, okay, I cannot live my life like this. I cannot um, be this crazy all the time. And so it be- so then my journey began into what am I going to do differently? How am I going to be a different person? How am I going to uh, learn to enjoy my life versus being beholden to every person, every circumstance and event that happened? Um, because that was my experience for years. I would just, you know, freak out over an employee. there, somebody called in sick or, you know, this happened or that. And I was just like you know, running around putting out fires and it's no way to live. Mm-mm. So, um, as it turns out, I had another crisis. I was going through a divorce and, um, I had spent, so the 10 years into my business, I had that wake up call. I'd spent another seven or so seven or eight years doing some serious self-development, going to seminars, um, reading everything that I could, because I knew there had to be a better way. I just couldn't figure out how to do it. Hmm. And I'm um, going through this divorce and I'm thinking, you know, I had been working with a seminar company for years. And here I am at like one of the lowest points in my life. And I can't, I can't draw on any of that experience. Like I don't, I don't know what to do. Like I'm so lost. Hmm. And I picked up this book. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called um, A Course in Miracles. I have not. It's interesting. So it does have a little bit of a religious undertone. um, But it's 365 passages, and it's meant to be a passage a day for a year, right? Mm -hmm. And so the first month I'm doing a passage a day, I'm like, I drop my daughter off at school, I go to the beach, I read the passage, I sort of take it in and whatever, not really working. (laughs) Another month goes by and all of a sudden I have this weird experience where it's like the word, these words started like popping up off the page, like in bold. And it was the path is joy. Joy is the way. Joy is it, you know, like joy, joy, joy. And I was like, I hear you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know how to do this, but you know, I'm open for whatever you got. Somebody throw something my direction. <laughs> and as it turned out, this gentleman, um, his name's Mike Dooley, he I had met him through my the other seminar company I was involved with um years ago. And I had, you know, he sends out these, they're called notes from the universe, and anybody can mm. get them and they're super cool and funny and quirky and Um, And he sent an email saying that he was going to be on Oahu. And I was living in Kona at the time. And I had no idea what the um, seminar was about. I didn't care. I needed something positive. I knew it would be positive. So I just signed up sight unseen, showed up to the seminar. And as it turned out, it was a day-long seminar about the visualization process that he teaches. (sighs) And um, I was so inspired by it that I like came home and I called up my broker who had had my business for sale for about eight, year, or eight months. And uh, he was just starting to talk to me about changing the price because there wasn't any major bites. I just called him up and I said, you know what? I just want to let you know, my business is going to sell by the end of the month and there's going to be a bidding war over it. Just letting you know. And he was just like, yeah, we'd all love to think that that's what's happening, but, um, okay. And I was like, no, no, it's happening. Click. Right. (laughs) And, um, as it turned out within the next month, like everything, I started this visualization process, everything lined up in my life. My business did go into a bidding war within the next uh, week. And then went into escrow. I met the love of my life, um, which is why I live in Portland now because he lives here. And I um, got another email from Mike saying, would you like to become one of my trainers? So I went and trained under him and I started teaching his seminar for a couple of years. And the feedback I kept getting from seminar participants was, that's all well and good that you're teaching his seminar, but half of the stuff you're talking about here is not in this seminar. And I was like, oh, I should probably write my own seminar. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I did. And that's the seminar that I teach now. It's called Impenetrable Joy. How mm. to find calm, peace of mind, and meaning in your life now?
1: That is awesome! What a story!
0: Oh, thanks. <laughs> Man,
1: that's so cool. Just, I mean, not cool that you had to go through these hardships and these and these wake up calls and things like that. But just, I guess, to, from my perspective, how you were able to kind of navigate through that and how things kind of started to align, and you starting to kind of realize kind of your your purpose, your potential with with everything and then seeing it kind of start to change. Yeah. I think that's, that's so neat. Um, and now that you're helping people with this, this internal game of joy, yeah. this imprint joy, like uh, it's, that's really, cause it co- it starts with us. It starts internally. I think a lot of the times, like you said uh, you went through and you got, you got over like the chemical part of the anxiety and all that when you, when you sought help, but it was still with you. Like there are still things that you had to overcome. And I think that can resonate with a lot of people, um, myself included, like we're kind of almost our worst enemies sometimes.
0: Oh my gosh. Not sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're, we're it. I mean, we're harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else. Like that internal dialogue that's going on in your brain. Those are some of the things you would never say to another human being, right? Right. Because it's so mean. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot of the work that I do is I help people recognize that voice, get some Mm -hmm. awareness around it, teach some strategies on how to experience that differently. And then it's the hardest part, which is the practicing of the new way of being, right? Because Mm, that's the thing. It's like you practice this other way for so long. When you bring in this new thing, it's really hard to like stay at it and be vigilant. But I'll tell you it's in that vigilance that I discovered this whole thing. So I discovered my joy through that visualization process that I still teach clients and and courses now. But how I began to be able to experience joy all day every day yeah. was through that process of figuring out what are some of those underlying beliefs that have been standing in the way that I've been making decisions from for, you know, decades that I didn't even know was there.
1: right? And so discovering
0: those, finding a strategy to dismantling them, and then practicing that new way. And I'll tell you, it's just like anything else. Like you can't learn to play the piano without practicing. You can't you know, get in really good shit. You don't go to the gym one time and lift weights and say, like, if only.
1: <laughs> I'm done.
0: <right? laughs> and so I think, you know, of course, in our society, we're always looking for sort of for that quick fix. Yep. This is not a quick fix, but I'll tell you, the other side is so worth it. It is mm. 100% worth it when you can discover, like, what, you know, like, where are these patterns of behaviors that just keep coming up over and over again? And when you start to look at them and hear them and do things differently, um, at first, of course, there's tons of resistance. (laughs) Right. Because we don't do, like, nobody tells us this stuff. Nobody, like, sat me down and said, you know, actually, your birthright is to be in joy and cultivate it all day long every day. Like, nobody talks about that stuff except me (laughs) and some other folks, right? It's usually about, like, how do you, you know, get the more, the bigger, the better, and I'll tell you that that game is, a, is nothing but a lose-lose. Yeah. Um, and that's where I was at. Like my business was super successful. I had all the things on the exterior. I had houses and cars and all the things. And I was completely miserable. And it's not, I mean, I know it's cliche. It's like, oh, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. It really doesn't. But the thing is, is there's never enough. So even when I had the cars, the houses, the trips, the, all the things I was still trying to one up myself and, um, you can't win at that game. There's no no winning there. (laughs) Yeah. And I was miserable. I didn't even enjoy it. You know,
1: it's like trying to find that, that state of like contentness and, and understanding if that was all like, could you still cultivate that joy? Could you still have contentness in those moments instead of striving to have more things. You mentioned the, the kind of like it's three step recognizing then finding a strategy out of those old ways into the new way and then um really being vigilant in that. So how do you help people or what are ways we can recognize maybe some some poor habits, poor uh things we're doing in our lives today?
0: Well, so I'll tell you so I start with every client this way. I ask them to tell me their story, right? Mm. And it's all about rainbows and sunshine. No, it's not about no, that. right. <laughs> it's all the junk, right? It's all the drama. Yep. It's all the yucky stuff. And the reason I start there is because we have this, um, I had come up with this coined this term and now I can't think of it, but it was, um, it's this, you know, this idea that we, you know, slap a positive something on it and call it good. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. That's not the way, right? right. I, I'm all about being positive, 100%. But if you can't acknowledge where you're at and recognize that there are root causes to what's happening in your life, then you're not going to get to that sweet spot because <clears throat> you're just continuing to like paint over what's actually happening there. And we mm-hmm. do that yeah. in so many ways, right? We do it, um, the obvious ways are like drinking and drugs and, right, uh, you know, sex, pornography, over indulging in food or um, media or, you know, all these ways, those are obvious ways, but there are other ways too, where we're just going, oh, okay. You know, we say the thing that's the truth. And then we say like, but I'm blessed or, you know, I can't complain. It's like, yeah, no, you shouldn't complain, but let's be honest where we're at. So we start with the story and then as soon as they're done saying that story, I say, you can't ever tell that story again. Mm. And they get the deer in the headlights and go, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Had I known, I might've said more things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the reason being is this, the, the mind, the brain is phenomenal. I've been studying it for a decade. It's just remarkable what it can do. Yeah. Um, And some of those things don't serve us. Some of them are archaic, right? They're very like caveman-esque and, um, you know, built for our survival. And, I, you know, we're clearly well past survival at this juncture. Yeah. So we're not, you know, running out of the cave and, you know, trying to defend ourselves or, you know, grab our food (laughs) or whatever. Um, And yet some of our brain things are, you know, really about like the subconscious mind is really about survival. Like it's 100% in. So that's where part of that resistance comes when you want to do change, right? It's like Mm -hmm. the subconscious mind says, hey, we're doing pretty good here. We got food and shelter. We got the things we need. We're good. Don't rock the boat. And (laughs) so half of the battle is with you, like you were mentioning before. It's like, oh, like I'm the one standing in the way because I have this sort of archaic brain thing going on. Which, you know, absolutely serves us in some ways, right? Because, you know, yeah. don't touch your hand on the hot stove, you know, those sorts of things. You don't have to reinvent the wheel over those things. But we do have to sort of dismantle and rebuild up these different ways of thinking, and that requires um, disrupting some of these mm-hmm. brain things that we like to do um, yeah. that go along with that.
1: Yeah, taking so, creating those new neural pathways because we're absolutely. so used to doing these sayings, even if it's like negatively talking about ourselves, like there's still pathways and there's they're easier for us to follow those than than build these new ones.
0: Right. Uh what does Joe Dispenses say? He says uh the you know nerves that fire together wire together. Uh, so you have that, to yeah. like unfire and unwire and then yeah. rewire. <laughs> yeah. and then Refire, right?
1: Yeah. So and that's
0: what part of the So we start with the story and then we get rid of that story. So we get rid of the not allowed to tell that story again, right? Verbally. Uh Also, we have to start catching it in our mind. Where are we Mm. in our mind going over that story or choosing from that story, right? And then lastly, we're not allowed to get into a relationship over that story. So, you know, the conversation you have are like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah. You know, when I was a kid, my dad was, you know, alcoholic or Mm. mine too, Oh, uh, yeah. You don't get to get in relationship over that story because mm. here's the thing that story is an experience you had, but it is not you. The yes. deepest part of you has nothing to do with that story except why we're here, yep. which is for self development, spiritual development, so that we can uh, work through those issues and uh, move into who we really are, get aligned with who we really are. And so dismantle the story and then we build a new story what would that you know what would the day in the life of all the things I ever want not only you know like the material things but like the relationships and the business and all the things how you
1: feel and
0: mostly about how you feel because that's where the joy came from right Mm -hmm. so in that visualization process it was about Um, I always tell people, write a day in the life of everything you ever wanted, right? Morning, like wake up to evening, all, you know, pop out of bed, fully rested, psyched about the day. You know, you're in the house you want, it's warm, it feels good, it's comforting, all the things, right? Just moment to moment to moment. But the most important part of that is how are you going to feel when you have those said things, right? Mm. And that's the piece. I think we got lost in the, no, I know we got lost in the happiness looks like, you know, the house, the car, the success, the Mm. relationship, all those things. But actually, joy is in how we think we're going to feel when we have all those things. And Mm. that is miles more important than having the things, right? Yeah. So if you get in that state on a regular basis, you can recall it often. And amongst that and other strategies, you can refer to that feeling throughout your day and continue to chug forward without having to be in the, oh my gosh, this thing just happened. That's not how I wanted it. And I had an expectation of that. And this didn't work out how I wanted and all those things.
1: Yeah. Going down that rabbit hole of negativity basically.
0: Yeah. Which is not, you know, it's not, hard, it's not hard to do. Right. And most people don't think like this. So that's why mm. it's, you know, there's the other piece of resistance is like, you know, if I walk into, you know, some public place and I just started saying, well, my new title I call myself is the joy slinger. They <laughs> oh, <awesome>. um, <laughs> so kept saying, what are you? And I was like, well, I'm kind of a business coach I'm kind of a life coach. I'm kind of a, you know, I'm like, Nope, it's the joy thing. That's love me. it. Um, If I just walked into some random audience and was just, like, they had no idea where to, you know, where I was coming from, they'd be looking at me pretty strange. But the reality is, is we get on our deathbed. We're not thinking about, like, I wish I had amassed more, like, items or more money or worked more or, you know. It's, like, where are we putting the most amount of energy? It's... Um, seemingly in the wrong place for a lot of folks, yeah, and myself included for many, many, many years.
1: Yeah, did you notice that? Uh, obviously, the internal dialogue is a, is a big part of it. A change between when people are are having that joy and when they're not, based on like their levels of gratitude. Gratitude is huge.
0: Um, I mean, that's the ultimate in receivership. Is mm-hmm. when you can be grateful for. Uh, it So we were told it wrong, right? It was like, I'll see it when I believe it. It's actually uh, the opposite. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> believe it, then you'll, you'll see, see it. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that has to do with law of attraction, with energy, with vibration. You know, law of attraction states that what um, like attracts like, you know? Mm-hmm. So whatever vibration you're at, that's what you're attracting. I mean, the two tenets that I teach from, like the foundational pieces are um, the, your dominant thoughts are what create your reality. And mm-hmm. secondly, if that's true, taking personal responsibility for what you've created, not in a yep. destructive way or in an empowering way. If I am looking at my life and there are things in it that I don't like, I can uncreate those things and create what I want. But a lot of that has to do with those beliefs, right? So we have to kind of get a handle on what some of those are because yeah. you can imagine it's a huge leap between I had a little food and shelter as a kid and I want to be a millionaire. That's a big gap to, mm-hmm. to bridge. And so um, recognizing that because of that experience, you have created some beliefs around money, around what does that look like, around people who have money, mm. right? And those things block you from getting the thing that you want because you can at the same time think all rich people are jerks and, and then, then want to be, be rich one. people.
1: <laughs>
0: so it's like, you know, you got to kind of recognize like where you're coming from and then baby step your way or ladder your way up to yeah. that other thing. Yeah. Um, while, you know, creating some new strategies and being different, we can't, you cannot create different from the same. You've got mm-hmm. to look outside of yourself. It doesn't have to be me it can be any end of a number of people who are doing some incredible work in all different ways. And, um, but you've tapped out at you. So now you got to go beyond you and, yep. you know, get some more information and enact and some different ways of being.
1: That, no, that's a great point. And I think kind of for, from the kind of my background athletic side of things, like if you want to be able to go and bench press 500 pounds, squat, whatever, you know, if you want to get to those higher weights, you can't just go do it if you've never done it. Like you have to – intermittently, at, um, increase the weight. So your body gets used to it conditioned then. Okay. That's, that's easy. Now let's get to the next level until finally you're at the weight that you were desiring to be at.
0: Yeah. That's an incredible, that's a, the perfect example. Absolutely. And this is why we're here. We're here for this, this yeah. very thing. It's not all this other, uh, BS that's happening <laughs> around us. Right. It's really about this. Like what, why are you here what are you working on? How are you going to grow as a human and get more conscious mm. and become fully in alignment with yourself? And I'll tell you, it's a beautiful thing. And I still yeah. struggle with some. I'm still working on stuff, um, you know, all the time. Yep. This is not an ending. We don't there's not an arrival. The arrival is when we leave. Right. <laughs> you know? And so in the meantime, I'm just coming up with strategy after strategy to recognize like, where are my areas of growth? And the, and how do you recognize your areas of growth when we are having an emotional reaction to something, whether Mm. it's, uh, anger, um, obviously we're not talking about the good stuff, you know, joy, gratitude, um, love, those are highest vibrational. And those really are not, um, emotions, Mm -hmm. uh, so to speak. They're, beingness they're how you are Mm -hmm. being anger stress anxiety overwhelm worry depression um, sadness you know all of those low level that don't feel good ones those are emotions and those are your gifts I mean and they can be as little as you know um, the person in front of you didn't use their signal like you know, flipping them off or yelling at them or whatever you're honking, all the things, right? Like opportunity right there. There's something there and it's based on these. um, So the beliefs, right? So those are things that happened a long time ago that we make decisions from those when they get poked at, that's when we have a reaction. So it's like, Oh, that person in front of me didn't use their signal. That upsets me. I'm angry now, but it's not about them. It's not about what they didn't do. It's about you having an expectation. So the Mm -hmm. beliefs showed us what for each individual are rights and wrongs, like how we want everybody to behave. It's kind of ridiculous if you look at it that way, because I had a very different experience than you growing up and you Mm -hmm. had a very different experience than the next person, but we all have these expectations that we put in place and we expect everybody to adhere to our expectations. It's quite selfish actually. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, they didn't do what I wanted them to do, which was use their signal or, you know, obey the laws or whatever. Right. We get up in arms over all these things. <laughs> they didn't obey the law and it says you have to do this or that. Um, you know, and things like, you know, right. mask, that's like, yep. of course, that's a general, let's be kind to other people. But in terms of our own lens and filter that we use to see this world, they're all different, but we all act yeah. like everybody has the same ones.
1: Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. And, and I've caught myself doing things like that. And, and some some days I'm not good at catching it and, and trying to uh, to change the reaction. But some days I'm like, okay, wait, like there's no reason to be getting upset right now because one you don't know you don't know that person you don't know are they are they going through something that their mind's off thing about that so they forget to do the signal or like are they just rushing they try to get somewhere because there's an emergency like you don't know their story mm-hmm. uh and i think that's I, I try to do that more it's it's hard because some like we are i mean I guess maybe just me, but selfish sometimes just thinking about me and I wish they would do that because now I didn't know they were turning instead of thinking about them. But it, when you do think about the other person, you're like, Hey, I hope, I hope everything's okay with that person. Like I, I truly
0: yeah, does change that it. Shift yes. Yeah. Me. I mean, yeah. it's immediate. So that was one of the first strategies I came up with was mm. like, I would get angry because somebody wasn't doing something right driving or whatever. Yeah. And I would just, I would immediately go to, Oh, I wonder if they just, um, you know, found out that their wife got diagnosed with cancer or, you know, so I would go to a story. So we make up these stories all the time that serve this yucky stuff. Let's start making up stories that serve the, the future we want to create. And so that was one of the first things that I did was every time I got upset, I went, Oh, maybe that person is rude because they just found out, um, you know, their husband lost their job or whatever it was, right? I would just come up with these things and immediately that shifts inside you and you go, oh, that takes me out of the picture and goes and, and leaves it to, oh, how can I be a kinder gentler person out in this world by just giving people a wide berth to do whatever. And I'll tell you, when you do that, you will see the shift happen because you no longer call that in. I Mm -hmm. never have a bad experience with anybody anymore nobody's rude to me nobody comes across abrasive i don't have those long phone calls with customer service that are like i'm not satisfied none of that happens anymore because my vibration is high i don't attract it anymore Mm -hmm. and it's not part of my world anymore i don't allow it in and it's just through these things yeah being different
1: you can pick up like and, uh, people can pick up on when you when you have kind of that, that uptight, like frustration <laughs> or anger, like even if you're not necessarily, it still comes through just how you project, how you talk, uh, even if you don't notice it. So I think that that's huge. And then, again, just like you said, the getting on that new vibration uh, like attracts like. So, yeah, that's a it's really a crucial one um, to really start seeing that change in your story.
0: Absolutely. Um, You know, I think it's so weird, right? I think about this all the time. It's like we are so much more alike than we are different, and yet we do all these things to delineate ourselves out. I'm not saying that each person isn't a unique unicorn in their own right. Absolutely, they are. But I think when we get down to the basic of what the human need is in this world, it's that... We want to be in loving, deep, meaningful relationships with people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's
0: it. I mean, yeah. that's really the crux of everything that everybody wants. I don't know another human being that doesn't want that. They may show it in funny ways, but I think if you really got down to it, I mean, and people will say, well, what about, you know, people who are, you know, psychopaths and they do, you know, and they're in jail and they did harm to other people. Unfortunately, that I, the place to get to is that I can't possibly understand mm. what happened for that human being, exactly.
1: but clearly
0: there was something amiss, yeah. right? Yep. It could be psychological, it could be their upbringing. I'll tell you, I did a lot of work in the jails mm. and um, when I was getting my degree in psychology and um, there's some beautiful human beings there. They're just stuck in a pattern of behavior that doesn't suit uh, them or, you know, their community. Um, But man, like super wonderful, beautiful souls. They're not lacking anything other than sometimes a role model or another way to do things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, in talking about those low level, like judgment's another one. That's insidious, Right. Mm. If you're sitting on top of your perch and saying things like, you know, well, that person is bad because they did X, Y, and Z. Right. There's nothing wrong with you for thinking those things because um, that's what we were told to do, was to delineate ourselves out from Mm. others. But I'm here to tell you that like every human being deserves to be here and they're on their own journey.
1: Yeah.
0: And I can't understand all the nuances about what's happening for other people. But I know if I can be a loving uh, soul in this journey and um, touch anybody, then then that's it for me. I don't need any of the other things.
1: Yeah, it just just have an empathy. And sometimes it's harder, obviously, depending on what has happened. But again, you got to kind of things are tragic. Things happen that are tragic what caused that person to do those things. Like there's still, like you said, a story, something along their journey has, has caused them to take that path. And it's sad in both rights. Um, And so seeing people as people and, and kind of having more empathy towards them, I think. And, and, you
0: know, one crazy statistic about people that are in jail, Mm. something like 80% of them have a attachment disorder, which means they've never attached to a caregiver or parent figure of any type as a child. Mm. Like they didn't have the opportunity on some level, whether it was within themselves in terms of having a psychological disorder or mental illness, or it just wasn't available to them. So, I mean, that's huge. That's, I mean, yeah. that goes back to like, why are we here? We're yeah. here to be in community with one another as humans. And when you don't get a, a, a foundational piece like that that's what that's some of some of the things that happen out of that
1: yeah like uh completely yeah i think yeah being in some sort of community is huge especially growing up like that your tribe i mean you think back long so long ago like the tribe like everyone helped each other and you had that foundation and some some unfortunately like you said don't have that or just can't get attached to it and that that's where we're seeing a lot of these unfortunate things stem from Um, it's just, yeah, I think community is so critical. I think we forget that a lot of the time, especially with social media, online stuff now.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I see it a lot and I, um, yeah. And I wonder, you know, sometimes I'll see people's social media and it's all pictures of themselves, you know, uh, primping and doing all the things. Mm -hmm. And, um, for those ladies out there that are listening, (laughs) um, While I think it's okay to feel good about yourself on the exterior, the work really is internally. And um, uh, the attention that you get for those sorts of things is not the kind of attention that has meaning. Um, So it'll always just be that surface level. Superficial, yep. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, sure. And I just, and I worry sometimes, uh, you know, worry might be overstating, but I, I do get a little concerned about, you know, some of these generations coming up because that's kind of been their experience is like, look at me, look at me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just love for them to go a little bit deeper and, yeah. and, uh, cultivate some, you know, like who they really are, you know,
1: for sure. And I think I kind of can, if we can start having them learn kind of more about, these processes to kind of dig into their story and and start rebuilding their story and, and utilizing like the visualization methods. Um, I think, I think a lot of things would be different uh, than they are right now in a good way. Um, What do you recommend with that, with the visualization? What do you recommend people do to start kind of, In that process of building those visualizations.
0: Yeah. So I'll tell you the whole visualization process that I teach. Yeah. Um, So we, I teach. So first I would ask you to write out a day in the life. Yep. Morning to, you know, waking up to going to bed, Um, all the things, you know, what is, and, and all the feelings, most importantly, like it's about, Mm -hmm. I want you to get emotional about this, right? I mean, if you're having the day of your life, hello you'd be, psyched, right? you'd be yep. like jumping up and down and raising your arms and yep. <laughs> i mean literally so i do i i do this every single morning lately i've been doing this uh hour-long meditation in the morning that has a visualization with it uh joe Dispenza's, um from mm. his book uh, you are the placebo which okay. is a phenomenal book um and uh he's real technical on the like brain side of things yeah. um Uh, But I love that he explains all the things that I know intuitively, scientifically. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like I get an education as to why I know what I know is the truth. And um, I don't usually teach that, though, because I I don't I don't think like that. Um, (laughs) But I think it's interesting. The emotional state is the most important piece. So write out there and there's something in the writing out process. Don't type it on your computer, like take a piece of paper, write with a pen And all the things, what does it feel like, look like, you know, smell like, sound Mm -hmm. like, all the things, right? Every moment, right? And it sounds like a lot and it'll be a little bit of a longer thing to write out, but you can, in your mind, um, it's a video, right? So it's like, but I want you to be in the video. It's not you as the camera, it's you inside the video, right? Doing all the things, experiencing all the things, right? Because that way you can feel all the things too, Right. right? can be five minutes and even less. Like sometimes I can go in and out of my visualization in a couple of minutes and let's see, quiet, not disturbed. Mm. Um, And then one of the other, so the two biggest pieces are emotional, like get into it like a hundred percent, like you're out of your body and into that Mm. video. Okay. And the other piece is not how, anything. Like, how am I going okay. to get, you know, I want to be a millionaire. How am I going to be a millionaire? Like none of that. It's not about that. The universe will take care of how all you need is why and what, what's happening. Why do you want it? Those are the two biggest underlying things. You work that out within your visualization and then you close your eyes and you just get into it like hundred percent. So now in the beginning, when I first started doing it, um, I had a little bit of a trouble, right? Because, yeah. you know, the mind likes to think about all kinds of things it <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> gets astray on all kinds of things, um, which is why now I do meditation and visualization together. Okay. Because, um, And I teach that also because uh, most of the people I work with have anxiety or mm-hmm. a fair amount of stress. And um, they're overthinkers, right? So gotcha. they're trying to yep. overthink all the things, control all the things, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the peace of mind comes from the meditation process and recognizing what are some of the benefits there.
1: Mm, okay.
0: But in terms of the visualization, um, those are the main pieces. And then you get into it. And so in the beginning, I had a hard time kind of getting into it, right? Getting all gotcha. the feels in there. Yeah. Oh, the last thing is it's not about, so I don't want you to be attached to the details of the things, right? Okay. So you want to be detailed in the process so that you can have the feels, Gotcha. Not so that you're attached to how it looks. Because here's the mm. thing: the universe is up here and it has a topographical view of all the things. Yep. And I can only like from my I my vantage point, I can only see so far, right? right. So I can't really see A to B. Mm-hmm. And for me to narrow it down and say, Oh, I want to be a millionaire and it needs to be from this business, doesn't allow the universe to give that millionaire uh, vibe from any direction. Like it can gotcha. see up above here and going oh, if I connect you with this person in this way, then this other thing might happen that has nothing to do with the thing you think is supposed to happen. So it just narrows it down. It makes it take longer. So the less, you know, attached you are to, um,
1: how to get to the outcome. Right. Exactly. Okay. The,
0: so, so those are the things emotional. So, and then, um, how I get into it. Like, how do I get emotional about my thing? So sometimes I'll just be like, yes, yes. You know, like I'm visualizing, my eyes are closed. I'm like, yes, that's something. (laughs) Yes, I always wanted that. Yes, that's so right? Yeah. And then uh, sometimes I'll just go like, yes. Like I'll just like raise my arms. And you can't not feel like an energy so you do that. You're just like, yes, that is my life. I am so psyched. Can't wait to meet that person. Can't wait to buy that car. Can't wait to be in that house. Can't wait to have that relationship with all of my Mm. friends and family. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, and so when you get into it, that's how you raise your vibration and that's how you attract the other things. And
1: is there, do you find there's a time limit that works better for people or is it just kind of whatever you can do? Or I'm just curious. Um,
0: I mean, when I was taught it by Mike, like he says five minutes a day.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
0: the one that I'm doing with Joe Dispenza right now is intense. It's an hour. Okay. Um, so maybe
1: start small with like the five minutes and work your way up to do, to be able to do. Ideally,
0: I think everybody should be meditating 100% across the board. Um, and uh-huh. I think those two should go together. Um, I used to do a half an hour. So I would do 20 minute meditation and then a five or 10 minute visualization. Okay. Now I'm doing an hour. Um of both or together. Together. Okay. So it starts out as a meditation. So he's um really so basically Joe Dispenza, like he's really um hypnotizing people, basically. Huh. He's putting you in a hip hypnotic state, yeah, so that you can be in receivership of relaxed
1: the thing. state kind of yeah. So his to, thing yeah.
0: is, which makes a hundred percent sense, is no body, like no body, mm. no mind no place and no time. Hmm. So when you can be completely out of, because his thing is, and it's a hundred percent right on is the only way to enact that change and make it happen is to get out of your personality, out of your life yeah. and create a different life. Cause that's what has to
1: change anyways. So you exactly. got to get out of it. Okay.
0: So you're no longer referring to that other life you're now in the state of your new life and that's mm. where he gets you in that meditation and Cha-cha. visualization
1: and it's intense <laughs> yeah oh i'm sure so well, how mean, would you how would you suggest because i'm sure some people might maybe listen to this and be like okay that's kind of hokey you know not I, I i agree with meditation i do it every day vi- visualization throughout the day but for the ones who may be not on board or kind of like "Eh, how what how could you kind of not that you're trying to sway them but like what what would your response to the, the people who may not really believe it?
0: Well, first and foremost, I'd just like to say the people who think this kind of stuff is woo-woo is it is woo-woo, but look at the woo-woo people. They seem a lot happier than other people. I'll just say that across the <laughs> board. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, the other I like thing that. I want to say that we haven't talked about, um, yeah. which I think is vitally important is the difference between happiness and joy.
1: Oh, good one. Yeah.
0: Happiness is based on an external event and mm-hmm. it's fleeting. It's a short burst of energy and like, oh, I got the car. That's amazing. But that only lasts for a day, a week, a month, whatever. And then it's gone. Yep. Right. And that's what leads into that whole like trying to find happiness. Right. Because that's what I did for years. Yeah. That's what I was doing was trying to find the next thing. I was like killing myself doing um, triathlons. I was like, um, you know, racing and I would get across the finish line and be like, "Yay, I did it. And then I would go home and start looking for the next triathlon. The bigger, the harder, how could I cut my time or who could I hire so that I could cut my running or my swimming or my, you know, and it's just like, it's insidious and we don't even recognize it. And so That's about happiness. That's about this external thing that made me Mm -hmm. briefly happy for a moment, right? And it's the same with money. It's the same with cars, houses, sometimes even relationships if they're not built on depth. Yeah. But joy is an internal experience. That is, you know, those moments where you're so lost in something that all of a sudden you look up and you're like, oh my God, two hours went by and I'm (laughs) Like you're creative and you're like in the zone, right? That's that flow, that zone Mm. that like athletes get into like those, that's joy.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That's a a very
0: different essence than happiness, right?
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a great thing to mention because uh, yeah, I think a lot of people do the same thing. Like I want to be happy. Like, so I need this or, or this, whereas like, yeah, the joy is just being in kind of that flow state that you mentioned and. Yeah, that's that's really a crucial part. And I'm glad you brought that up. But in terms of what you said about the
0: meditation thing, Mm. I know people have like a hard time with meditation. And so I like to just define what meditation actually is. Meditation, the process of meditating and why it's important is to clear your mind 100%. That's where you are literally in no time, no space, no body, right? You are just... Cleared of all the thinking. See, we th- we've got into this habit, um, and I th- it's just what we are taught. Without even being, you know, they didn't sit you down and say, "Think things to death until you try to come up with a solution." Right? Solutions don't come that way. I mean, think about the times when you're in crisis and you're just thinking, thinking, thinking. You're like frazzled, right? As soon as you calm down and go, "Okay, I can't do anything about that." Like I'm frustrated. I can't do anything about it. Guess what happens? The solution comes. Right. So I'm asking you to get to the solution before all of that mania. Like Mm. it doesn't have to be that way.
1: Right. Yep.
0: And and that's what meditation allows you to do. It allows you to find that state where there are no thoughts. And that state is important for all kinds of like repairs on your body, physical body, your emotional state, your spiritual state. All of those need that break.
1: Right. And yeah, we
0: just think so much and we think yeah. the solution's coming from the thinking. It's not.
1: And it's such a, like, a. it, it just makes you feel so much refreshed. Even with the short time of meditation, like I come out of mine and I'm like, wow, like, that was good. Like, <laughs> I don't know if anything came to me, but I'm like, just to be able to have that quietness, that stillness, uh, just, just kind of, I guess, energy boost or, or, or whatever it is, but... Yeah, we're
0: not meant to be running around like we do. Right. Seriously. It's right. ridiculous. Yeah. Um And I'll be honest with you, this whole pandemic thing has been huge because I found myself starting to get running around again, mm. you know? And now between my daughter and myself, our life is real simple. Yeah. And it feels really good.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a good point too. Yeah, I kind of just a step back and and realizing what truly matters and that kind of like the essentialism type topic yeah Yeah.
0: well it's that in. remember the band-aids i was talking about it's the Mm -hmm. same it's like let me fill up my schedule so that i have you know like i had (laughs) this client the other day he was like he's like uh i said um you know we're talking about schedule like when are we gonna meet next and he was like oh let me look at my schedule he's like I want to show you my schedule, but I'm not sure if you're going to be like upset when you see it or, and he literally had every hour scheduled out in his entire week. And I was Mm -hmm. like, whoa, like that is bananas. (laughs) Like I intentionally schedule out time where I'm doing nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's important
1: for sure. We're not, it's, yeah, we're not meant just like, to be I mean, running you said, around
0: like this.
1: Yeah, it just like if you think of like a vehicle or you think of anything with like a motor and you run it constantly, like eventually like it's going to run out of the oil, the gas, whatever, and it's going to start destroying itself because it's not going to be able to stop, cool down, and then be able to replenish. And so it's just going to destroy everything.
0: And here's the thing I want to say about that Band-Aid thing.
1: Mm.
0: You know, if you hear conversations like this, which are not normal, uh, conversations that most people have. Yeah. And there's something here for you. And you recognize. I mean, if you're listening to this, there's something here for you. Yeah. You're in the right place. You came to this place because you are seeking something. Don't stop. Mm. Like keep after it. Find the person, the book, the movie, the whatever, and shift. Because now that you know there's something different, don't stop. It'll just keep showing up in your life crisis after crisis until you deal with it head on. So might as well be now. Yeah. Don't wait.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't list. Don't, don't ignore those little nudges kind of guiding you where you need to go for sure. Um, well, Aaron, this has been a really enlightening, really good conversation. I've really enjoyed, um, just all that you shared and it's so much value. Uh, so I'm grateful for that before we do wrap up though. Um, I asked question of my guests that fifth trade of pencil leadership at that uh, pencil was created uniquely with a purpose to leave a positive mark on any surface that it goes onto, And it's different from the pen and the paintbrush. Um, And and we're the same. We're all different, created uniquely with so much potential and purpose. So uh, when everything is said and done for you here, what do you hope the mark you left is?
0: What I really want people to know is that it is your birthright to be in joy all day, every day. That is absolutely the state of being that we're supposed to be in. And whatever that way is for you to find it, find it. Mm -hmm. It is a whole different experience to be excited and enjoy all day, every day with the people who are in my life, the life I'm creating um, helping people. I mean, those are all the pillars of, I mean, we love to help people, right? And find that thing that is uniquely you that you can bring to this world and bring it. I yeah. mean, 100% all in. Don't worry about how you're going to do it and all the things. Just get so clear that whatever that is, and there is a thing for you, whoever's listening, you have a unique thing that's unique to you that has, I don't know, Somebody else doesn't know. It's all you find it. It will bring you joy, spread it. It will bring you more joy and be in this life. Now, all the excitement, all the joy, all the thanks. now it's possible.
1: Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, guys, uh, take that advice, run with it. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you connect with you more and see what you're up to?
0: Um, so I think the best, um, platform for me is Instagram. I do a ton of videos on there with strategies and just talking about like ideas that I've had, um, you know, trying to, you know, experience this life differently. And, um, and, uh, I like to just provide a lot of value there. And my website link is also on there. Um, when I have a class coming up, the link will change to a funnel so that you can have all the info on that. I will have a class coming up in the next month for sure. Um, and that's a four-hour class that can um, be, uh, they're all recorded. So if you can't make the live, you definitely have the recordings. And it's a deep dive into all the things we talked about today. Like how do we discover our joy? How do we find strategies to cultivating it? And how do we get through the practice and resistance of that?
1: Awesome. Yeah, guys, uh, connect with her there. See what she's up to, uh, and just continue to learn from uh, her and and find that joy. So again, Aaron, thank you so much for being on Pencil Leadership today.
0: Oh my gosh, thanks so much. These platforms are so important. Yeah, and I appreciate you providing it.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope it brought you value. If it did, leave a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. This actually helps us get this in front of more people so we can leave a bigger mark. And then share this with someone, someone that it could bring value to so you can make a difference in their life as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.